morning, everyone. Go do some things differently this morning if you didn't guess. So uh, glad you are here. If you're visiting with us, uh, a warm welcome to you. Um, Mike just mentioned our podcast, and I do want to just encourage you, the latest uh, Global Missions podcast has a wonderful testimony, part one, with Elijah Wolves. He's um, a young uh, Native American out of Oklahoma that we are connecting with. It's a riveting testimony, so if you go on our podcast site on uh, that, you can pick up a little bit on that. And uh, a few, a few uh, of those podcasts back, you can get an update on some of the things that are going on in uh, Ecuador. But you don't have to listen to a podcast. You can s talk personally with Juan and Tirsa Galdado. They're somewhere here, aren't they? Right over here from Ecuador. Uh, you go ahead and stand, you guys. They're visiting this week, so uh, we s good to see you. They've been partners with us down there for a, a long time, so it's fun to have them here today. Well, take your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 4 for just a moment. Mark chapter 4, it's a parable of the soils. As Mike mentioned, we have been talking a little bit about our core values. So on the stage here, we've done our core value of loving God. Uh, how that is so important and, and central, our relationship and our view of God. Uh, that's where it starts. And then loving truth. We don't know about God, and we don't know about His love for us if we don't have the Bible, and we don't, aren't uh, focused in His Word. So a core value at Fellowship Bible Church is to put an emphasis on God's Word, the truth. Well, today we're going to focus on the family. To do that, I want to read this parable of the soils, or the parable of the sower. Mark chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus uh, began to teach by the sea. A large crowd gathered. He gets into a boat, and uh, he starts teaching in the parables. And this is one of the parables. Verse 3, listen, behold, he said, the sower went out to sow. And as he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of soil. And after the sun had risen, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. And other seeds fell into the good soil. And as they grew up and increased as um, it yielded a crop, some produced, it says, 30, 60, and 100-fold and then Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, some couldn't understand this. What do you, what, what's this mean? And so this is one of those parables where Jesus tells us what he meant it to mean. So he said in verse 14, the sower sows the word. So here's the sower taking the seed and he's scattering the seed. And he says that seed represents the word of God. And the first one on the road, the hard-packed road, these are the ones, verse 15, where the word is sown, and when they hear it, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. There's absolutely no life. Nothing springs up. The birds come, and it's plucked away immediately. But then there was the seed that was sown on the rocky place, verse 16. They hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, but they have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary, and when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. And then verse 18, there's others. A seed is sown among the thorns. These are the ones that 
who have heard the word, but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter, the, enter in and choke out the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But then there are those, verse 20, on whom the seed was sown in the good soil, and they hear the word and accept it, and they bear fruit 30, 60, and some a hundredfold. Now, I'm not going to get into the details of this parable. We've done that at various other times. I, I will just make the observation that um, of the four soils, three of them bear fruit. Life comes. Only one is the birds come and they take it out and there's no spiritual life. And so I'm thinking he's telling us about the soils of the heart, how the soil of the, or the seed of the word is planted in the hearts, believers of Jesus Christ who depending on life circumstances, that word will either bear fruit or it won't. Now, the primary application of that parable is not to teach on family life or parenting, but I certainly think it has some wonderful applications for that that we go to see today a little bit. You see, the role of parents, the role of the family, the role of grandparents, aunts and uncles, um, older siblings, uh, our role is to make sure that the next generation bears fruit. Chuck Colson, in a book 30-some years ago, Against the Night, he said, we're just one generation away from, from a complete barbaric society. The barbarians are coming, and they're right at our heels. And if we're not passing on the truth to the next generation, folks, it's over. It's over. And so that's why that's such a core value for us, loving the family. The first two are the, are the vertical, loving God and loving truth. But as we see our horizontal values lived out, the very first one and the core one, it starts in the home. And it's the role of the parents to pass on the deposit of truth, to plant the seeds and, and then trust the Lord that, uh, that that good soil, the seed will be planted and it will bear fruit 30, 60, or 100-fold. It is crucial that we pass on the deposit of truth. We read the passage um, earlier in... Uh, Psalm 78, it's worth repeating. Listen, O my people. Listen, O my people, to my instructions. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not conceal them from their children, but tell to the generations to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wondrous works that he has done. He goes on and says, For... He established a testimony in Jacob. He appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should teach them to their children that the generation to come might know, even the, ch the children yet, not, uh, yet, yet to be born, that they may arise and tell it to their children, that they should put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare its heart and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Tell it to the next generation so that the children not even born yet, there's hope that they will hear it, that the truth of God and his wonders, deeds, and who he is will be passed on. It comes right out of the law of Moses, the great Shema, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. These words which I am commanded you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your sons, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. Teach 
the word, communicate it, pass on the deposit. It is so crucial, especially in the day in, in which we're living. Um, nine years ago, a gal by the name of Mary Eberstadt wrote a book entitled uh, How the West Lost God. How the West Lost God. And she's basically saying, we think of, of the decline of Christianity and its impact on the family. And her thesis in the book is that you can really see it the other way. The decline of the family has led to the decline of Christianity. We're one generation away from complete barbarism. Recently, a book entitled uh, Faith for Exiles was written by David Kinnaman and Mark Matlock. Uh, David Kinnaman is on the uh, staff, I believe, with the, the Barna Research Group. And um, their research says that 64%, 64% of young adults ages 18 through 29 are no longer involved in the life of the church where they had once been involved in the life of the church. 64% of 18 to 29-year-olds who were raised in the church were once actively involved are no longer involved today. They've walked away. Gross, the highest, uh, fastest growing segment in, our, in the religious world today in our country is what's called the nuns, N-O-N-E-S. They're not affiliated anymore. They've walked away from the faith. 16 years ago, Josh McDowell wrote a book called The Last uh, Christian Generation, and he wrote this. I sincerely believe unless something is done now to change the spiritual state of our young people, you will become the last Christian generation. The last Christian generation. Now, if that was true 16 years ago, folks, it is more true today than ever. We are living in dangerous times. And we must figure out how we can pass on the deposit of truth to the next generation. Tell it to the children to the next generation of children. Well, I'm going to invite John Avery, our pastor of, of uh, family life and biblical counseling, to join me this morning. We're going to have a conversation. You can join in that conversation by participating and listening as we talk about this crucial core value of, uh, of loving the family. John has been, the, he starts his 22nd year here on staff at Fellowship Bible Church. We hired him 22 years ago as a youth pastor, senior high youth pastor. Actually, he's beginning his 35th year of ministry because he pastored for 13 years in, uh, outside of Chicago. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we've, uh, we are very blessed to have John and Susan and their gang here. Um, John just earned uh, his master's in biblical counseling as well, so we're glad you're here. Thank so, you. hey, have a seat. We are going to talk about um, why this is such a core value. And so let me, let me throw it open to you. Okay. By the way, just a really cute darling grandchild you oh, have there well, in that video. Yeah, yeah, she is a cutie. She did, yeah, yeah, yeah. And where does she get that from? Uh, Come on, do you want 23 years here? Uh, your family. <laughs> yeah. We share a grandchild up there, Olivia. Yeah, yes, so, yeah. <clears throat> so why? Why is this a core value? Why should we be concerned about it? Yeah, well, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, thank you for letting me know what you're going to ask me. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's I, good news. I so, may look dumb, but I'm not. No, that's right. And, I, and I've taken some notes, and so hang on, okay? Um, <clears throat> the first thing I want to mention is, uh, and, and actually it's included in the passage in Mark 4, uh, that our enemies are real. Our enemies are real, and our kids and us, we, we are in a battle, uh, and it's a serious battle. And uh, we're, we're thankful that we have, that Christ has won the war, um, but we are still 
um, this side of heaven, <clears throat> we're, we're in it, and our enemies are real. Uh, the world is seeking to conform us to its thinking. I heard a sermon a while back, um, and the, the pastor was talking about, you know, that um, we're not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And the idea of the, the world wanting to conform us is, it, it's, you think of Plato, and it is the, the enemy and, and the world is trying to conform our thinking uh, into, into its thinking. You and said Play-Doh. Play-Doh, yes. Okay, not Play-Doh. No, no, not a philosopher. I'm not that smart. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I'm going with the kid's toy, okay. Play-Doh. And, uh, and so you're, it's trying to conform us and have us think the way it thinks, believe the way it believes, believing lies about myself, believing lies about who God is, believing lies about the church. You know, that's what our kids are up against. Our enemies are real. We also have a real enemy in the evil one. And we're told in 1 Peter 5, 8 that he is roaming the earth seeking people to devour. And he is a real enemy. And uh, he hates us. He hates you. He hates your children. And he wants to destroy us. I, yeah. I mentioned that um, some might be a few of you will remember this. It was about 30 years ago. In, our, in a men's group we had here, we had Cal Thomas, the syndicated columnist, Cal Thomas here and spoke. And uh, I don't remember what he talked about, but I do remember this. He said, if, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are walking around a target for the evil one. Mm -hmm. uh, there is an all out, you are a target for the evil one. And then he shocked me by saying, and your kids are the bullseye. Mm -hmm. um, is there any doubt and any wonder why the family is being such, it's such under attack. It's under attack, yeah. We, the enemies are real. Yes. And then the third one um, is our own, as believers, uh, what the Bible calls indwelling sin. We, we struggle with indwelling sin. I know my own heart, um, at least, is prone to wander, is prone to wander and, and is prone to believe lies. And, uh, and our kids as well, and our grandkids. We, we're prone to, uh, all, all of us like sheep have gone astray. And uh, I'm, I'm on Twitter. Um, you can follow me if you want. No, I, don't, I hardly have any followers, so whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I saw this little video that came up uh, last week that reminded me of how we are like sheep. And just watch what, what, what this video is. Only Shortly. 20 seconds, so don't blink. <laughs> <laughs> We, uh, we're good at finding ditches uh, to fall into, and, uh, and, and you know, we're, we're, we're like sheep, and we desperately uh, need the Word of God. Um, I prop, props to Mark here, uh, because, yeah, last week, one of his application points was trying to make sense of life apart from God's Word is a fruitless exercise. Trying to make sense of life apart from God's Word is a fruitless exercise exercise. Uh, great book by Paul Tripp um, called Instruments in the Hands of the Redeemer. Uh, he talks about the fact in, in chapter one that we are all revelation receivers, that God created us in such a way that we receive truth from him, from his word, um, not because we're sinners, but because we're human. We desperately need to hear from God. Adam and Eve needed to hear who they were and what they were supposed to do. So do we, so do our kids, so do our grandkids. It, it reminds me really of, of two passages. One is Psalm 119, uh, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I, we're, we're walking, the, the world is in darkness and we, we desperately need to hear from God. 
One of my favorite passages um, or chapters really is 2 Peter chapter 1. In the end of the chapter, Peter recalls the event of the transfiguration. And he talks about how they heard from heaven this amazing, the, the voice of the majestic one who said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Um, it, also in that event, Jesus was transfigured. They, they saw him in his glory. An incredible thing. And then Moses and Elijah, two dead prophets show up and are talking to Jesus. And then we see what Peter's takeaway is from that event. He says this in 2 Peter 1.19, So we have the prophetic word made more sure, to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. We do well to pay attention to the word because it is like a lamp to us in a dark world. If without that lamp, we're lost. And if we don't pass that deposit on to the next generation, I mean, that's the role that we have to play. Tell it to the next generation. Right. Uh, that other verse in Psalm 119, how shall a young man keep his way pure? Yes. By keeping it according to his word. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Yeah. And it, it, it is so crucial. I, I don't, we, we've talked about this in the other services, but I, I just wonder sometimes how cognizant we are as Christian parents even and grandparents of thinking, of realizing that those cute little cuddly kids, they're born in sin. Mm -hmm. they, and they got the, already, as you've mentioned, the strikes of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Uh, it's, these are enemies that are real. Yeah. And then that indwelling sin, if we, if we just play at it and, and, and throw a, a little Bible verse every once in a while at our kids, it's just, it's just not going to do it, is it? No, no, because they, they desperately need to hear truth. And I... Um, a picture came up again on Twitter. I, I don't spend a lot of time on there, so don't get the wrong idea. Um, but um, <clears throat> it came up, and it was a, a kind of a, from a, a guy who does history, and it showed a, uh, a goalie named uh, Terry Sawchuck. You want to? It was a good one. Well, it popped in my head in the first service. His name was Terry what? Sawchuck. Yeah, but it, it, we'll tell the story, and I'll tell you what the real name is. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so in 1966, he was a goalie for, for, hockey, for his hockey team, and professional hockey, and uh, they didn't wear masks. So this was before they had masks on. Can you believe it? Well, the guy, the picture, he looks like Frankenstein. Uh, Terry Sawpuck was his real name, but... Yeah, that was good. that's a good no, one. That's okay. No. You'll, you'll get it around lunchtime. Yeah, that, it just kind of fell heavy. And um, yeah, it was an ice one. Nice one, sorry. Ice, yeah. Anyways, we won't. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so uh, where, what were we talking about? Well, uh, oh yeah, right. The, the, if you don't have the right, uh, yeah, the equipment. I mean, can you imagine playing hockey, being a goalie without equipment? Uh, can you imagine being playing football and getting hit in the head without a helmet? It's we, we would say that's ridiculous. The same idea is true as we think about our kids in the world. They def they they desperately need to be equipped with truth, and the only truth is is God's word. So why would we send them out into the world? I guess that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Not equipped to to know what the strategies of the evil one are. We, we can find them out in the scripture and then they can hear about the good news of the gospel, that the power of the gospel is, is, is more than sufficient and God's grace is more than sufficient for our kids um, to, to battle what they're up against. So what are the reasons why yeah. we should have yes. uh, that as a core value, loving the family? Yeah. So the first one, obviously, our enemies are real. The second one is our, our families are a conduit. And I think that God... Um, one of the, the things he decided to do was that um, from generation to generation, he decided that uh, faith would be passed on through the family. The families are a conduit yes. of that truth. Of that truth, yes. From, from, from mom and dad to the children. 
and, and that's what he decided to do. You know, one generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Um, there's several verses in the Bible that talk about, and, and we read one of them this morning in Psalm 78, that talk about the idea of those yet to be born. You know, I was so encouraged just uh, a while back, I was watching my son uh, reading his Bible with his three children, and, and I was thinking, those yet to be born. I wasn't even thinking about Olivia Haddon and Hudson. But here, um, what I was doing with my son at eight years old, he's doing with his children. And it's such a wonderful uh, thing to see uh, that one generation to the, to the next, passing on who God is and, and what he's done. Yeah, and I, I don't know about you, I have these memories and painful memories of, of trying to do that, of trying to have devotions with your kids and their different ages. It was so frustrating it, to pass that on, mm -hmm. um, trying to think of all sorts of creative ways to do it. Um, uh, we've got, at the end, we're going to share with you some resources and tools of how we can resource you to do that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But yeah. if we're not that conduit, right. we're one generation away from yeah. the extinction of, yeah. of um, real life. Yeah, you know, I, when our kids were little, I remember we would sit down and um, we do a little formal time of Bible teaching and everything, and probably the first 30 minutes was uh, conflict resolution, and then we spent two minutes in the Word, but it was worth it. Um, and, uh, you know, it, but is, is yeah. that kind of... Uh, yeah, we're not really, up here telling you our expertise, are not we? Not at all, not yeah. at all. And, and I would say, too, that as, we, as we're sharing, keep, you know, keeping this truth in mind, the reality that there are no guarantees in parenting, and there's no formula. There's, God does not call parents to be perfect. He calls us to be faithful to his word and, and trusting and depending on him and sharing his word with our kids. But they all have hearts. Their hearts are responding to their life situations. Their hearts are responding to the word that we're sharing with them. And they are too accountable before God. Um, but God calls us as parents to lovingly teach the truth um, and, and, uh, and, and trust him. You know, uh, we both ha have experience with, um, with sadness in that way. Um, but whatever is happening in your family, you, you can know and trust the Lord that their, your, your kids' journeys are, are not over. And, and God is faithful, and God is working, and, and we can trust Him in that. So the first reason is yes. uh, the enemies are real. Yeah. The second reason is God calls has designed the grand design of, for families to be conduits yes. of that truth. Yes. The third one, um, God commands it. Um, in Ephesians 6, 4, we're told, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction in the Lord. And I love that little phrase, bring them up, because that little phrase basically means that we would do it with tenderness and love, bringing them up in a culture in our home that is a loving culture. I, I just, after the first service, a, a, a man came up to me, he's 88 years old, and he said, my father, he goes, I'm one of nine, and my father was so loving. Hmm. And he passed truth on to me and my, and my siblings out of a heart of love. And that's what this verse is talking about, is we do it, we, we, and, and then you can see it says, in the instruction of the Lord. And so you have love and you have truth, truth and love. First Timothy 2.5, Paul told Timothy, the goal of our instruction is love. And then Ephesians 4.15, he says, speak to one another the, the truth in love. All throughout scripture, truth and love are together. And it's, it's a wonderful thing. So we, we were commanded to do this um, in love and truth. And, and before Paul ever penned Ephesians 6, 4, he wrote 130 some other verses that talked about the, inst the instruction that he wants parents to give about who they are in Christ, about the gospel, about grace and peace and what does that look like. That's all in the first 
five chapters of Ephesians, just wonderful things. You know, again, don't you recall how frustrating it is to, um, to, to be sharing those truths with five, six, seven, eight-year-olds where concepts of our identity in Christ and all that and grace mm -hmm. and things, they, they can't grasp it. Mm -hmm. And so that old mantra is really true that more is caught than taught in mm -hmm. some of we, we have to be good news mm -hmm. uh, before we share good news. That we, mm -hmm. want, we have to be what we want our kids to become. And so that whole context of love, and you know, I have these horrible, again, memories of, of the, you know, the little Bible study times with the kids and talking about the love of Jesus. Sit down, Paul, or whoever, you know? And it just kind of destroys the, uh, the truth that is being taught. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, God is gracious, isn't he? Yes, And, yes. and just, he loves yeah. us and yep. he... And, and, you know, with that too, I mean, like when I was saying about the, the conflict resolution, sometimes I was the conflict. Um, and, uh, and that's, you know, opportunities to, to demonstrate the gospel by asking our kids for forgiveness. I had to do that a lot. Uh, Susan, hardly, but I, I, uh, I, I had to do that a lot. And um, would you like to offer your forgiveness to Susan yeah. now? No. no oh, that's not what you meant. No, no, no. Oh, okay. no. We're, we're fine. Are we fine? We're doing good. Okay, we're good. Uh, but the, it's just opportunities to display the gospel, you know, uh, as far as when we do blow up with our kids or whatever. But I was going to say one of the things, you know, of, of how to make it happen, um, you had mentioned Deuteronomy 6, uh, the Shema, and um, verses 4 through 9. I, I love that passage because it's a great example of when, when God was wanting fathers and parents to, um, to say, first, love me with all of your heart, um, and, and then also impress the word of God on your heart. And then he tells them uh, to teach um, what he, what, to teach the word and impress the word of God on our kids' hearts. So it first starts with our own love relationship with the Father and our own re love relationship with Christ. And, and then impressing the word of God on our hearts because it'll be an outflow to our children because of what God is doing in our, in, in our, um, in our own lives. And it's, it's why our core values are stated as they are. Yeah. First of our relationship with God Mm -hmm. and understanding his truth yeah. that then flows out from that to the relational components right. of our life. Yeah, and you know, and, I, and when he's talking about teaching, there's kind of two types of teaching that he talks about in Deuteronomy, and that, that is, there's the formal teaching that we've been talking about, you know, where you're, you're sitting around and you're, you're, you're instructing in the word of God and you're learning together, but then there's the informal, uh, as you go type of teaching that God wants us to do, that as God is changing our hearts and we're growing in our relationship with Jesus, um, we're, we're talking about uh, what Jesus is doing, what Jesus is teaching me in, in his word, and, our intimate, and what, what does intimate fellowship even look like that we're able to share with our kids? Um, there's, a, there's a word that I've been learning about in the, in the Old Testament, in the Psalms especially, um, and it's the word bless. And uh, so Psalm 145, you know, starts out, I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Psalm 34 starts out, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And so this idea of blessing the Lord, it basically means that we are enhancing his reputation um, of who he is and what he's done um, to the people that we're talking to. You know, we're, we're actually talking about how wonderful God is, that he's so gracious, that he's so merciful, that he's approachable because of Jesus, and that he loves us, and that he forgives us. We're talking about his nature um, and wanting them to get to know him that way, but we're also talking about the amazing things he's done. We are so privileged that we're on this side of the cross, that we are able to tell 
our, our children and our grandchildren that Jesus died on the cross and he rose again because he loves you. And if you put your trust in him, you can get to know him and be saved and your sins forgiven and be brought into a, a relationship with him that will be forever and, and we're, we're able to talk to them about who he is and what he's done. Yeah, and, uh, and grabbing those teachable moments, that yes. informal yeah. walking by the way. I, um, I grew up in a Christian home, as maybe most of you know, and I have these wonderful memories of, of, uh, of uh, my dad with an open Bible. As a kid, he was studying the Bible, or my mom, who had been a missionary, um, telling stories about the, how God provided or, or going to church uh, on, a, on a Sunday night or Sunday morning, singing the, the, with my sister, the, the four of us in the car, singing hymns as we're going to church. And, mm. and just that kind of a, a, of a culture was so valuable. Yes. Um, yeah. Because it's, again, you have to be before you can kind of share that good right. news, right. Um, that informal type of, yeah. kids, kids will listen to that. Yeah. Someone, there was a great preacher of a uh, hundred years ago, J. Campbell Morgan. Someone asked, he had four sons, I believe, all became preachers. And someone asked, who was the greatest preacher in the Morgan family? And the oldest son said, my mom. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. But you were going to yeah. talk about something. Hadn? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. You said his name, but that's yeah, okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, that's all right. It'll, it'll be a blip. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're having a great time up here. <laughs> uh, but you're here too. And so, uh, the, uh, well, I, was, I had mentioned uh, in the first service that, you know, one of my grandsons, um, uh, I, he was over and I said, hey, how, how about if we uh, spend some time reading the Bible? He goes, no, <laughs> no. And I was like, oh, all right. So we didn't because um, he, he rules. And, uh, and so we decided to go out for a four-wheeler ride. And I said, you know, I really want to talk to him. I just want to talk. And so we're just going on the four-wheeler, and uh, I was looking at the clouds and how beautiful they were. And I said, you know, it is just so incredible what God has done in, in, in creation. Isn't it amazing what God has done? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know what? We press through. We press through whether there's interest at that moment or not. I, I think that the intentionality is yeah. so crucial in, yeah. in the parenting role that... Um, we get up in the morning and we can go through a routine and the weeks go, the days go by so fast. And you think, you know, what, what input into my kids or my grandkids' life have, have, has happened this week? Mm -hmm. And so we have to be intentional on this thing. It's just the days go by so quickly that if, we're, if we don't get up with an awareness, Lord, um, use me in some way in the life of my kids, mm -hmm. my grandkids today. Uh, those help me to see those teachable moments see when it's all said and dead all done ultimately it is our relationship and our walk with the spirit that is going to matter because as we are walking in his strength and power that that i think life of jesus is going to kind of ooze through us we it, it, it becomes as paul said in galatians 5 the fruit it's a natural fruit of the spirit love joy peace patience and man, do, do, is that what is going to get communicated to the kids? Mm -hmm. Now, do the formal devotion time, mm -hmm. uh, do all that. But um, as we walk by the Spirit, mm -hmm. uh, knowing that the enemies are real and knowing that the families are, is God's design to be the conduit for the communication of truth to the next generation. And knowing that God commands it, that we're called to do this, um, 
we, we walk by faith and not by sight and let the yeah. Holy Spirit um, yeah. use us in, yeah. in that reality of day-to-day -day right. living. Right, right. You know, there's a, um, the verses that you mentioned in Psalm 119 um, where it says, I've, I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Uh, two, two or three verses after that, he says, um, with my lips I have uttered, I have told of all the utterances of your mouth. And I was, I was reading about that in, the, in this commentary, and he was just talking about as we treasure God's word in our own heart, um, I'm gonna, it's just going to be uh, an outflow of wanting to talk about his word with other people. And um, I, I just think that's such an encouragement. If we're, not, if we're not doing it at the home level, yeah. Um, yeah. We're, we're one generation away from losing it. Mm -hmm. um, we can't emphasize enough how important this is, which is why... Um, Seven years ago, I believe it was, the elders got away on a retreat and we were thinking through these core values and wondering, what, is there something, Lord, you want us to really emphasize? And it was that core value of number three, of loving the family, that just came so prominently. And it was through that that uh, Charlie Spencer, the children's pastor, you, or family mm -hmm. pastor, John Morrison, counseling mm -hmm. pastor, got together and we started the home center back here. Because it's one thing to say, why should we do this? It's another saying, how do we do it? Mm -hmm. And so tell us about what are the resources yeah, and what so we're like providing. The, so uh, why, how, and what? So what, what can we do? And, um, you know, we, we wanted to, the idea behind the resource or the home center out there, and what's out there in the home center is also online um, on, the, on the church's website. Uh, but we wanted to make it easy for people to be intentional. And, uh, and so we have these different resources. You know, um, I just wanted to um, show a few to you here. Um, we have uh, these devotionals from a ministry called D6, which stands for Deuteronomy 6. And uh, these devotionals, here, here's a devotional for um, uh, couples that do not have children at home um, that, you, that you can do together and spend time in the Word together. Uh, these, these D6 devotionals, here's, here's a devotional for um, parents or for couples that have kids at home. Uh, and then this is for the a devotional for the high school student. And then there's a devotional for the middle school student. And then for the elementary student. And then for the preschool student. Hmm. Or, and, and so, but the idea behind these are that um, they're all one theme. And so what the parents are learning together, um, the kids are learning. And then it gives ideas of how to come together and talk about whether it's a formal time or informal time about what God is teaching you in the word and it gives parents ideas and just it's just a it's just a resource it's not the way to do it it's one way to do it um, but it's just to try and help to make it easy but if you're scratching your head and wondering what should I do or what can yeah. I do there you go there you go there's some yeah. some tools right and and then also in the in the um, uh, on the resources we have these things called season pointers here's one um, called Influencing Your Grandchildren. That's, they're free for the taking, uh, and you have a few others. Yeah, so, here's yeah. one called A Difficult Teen, Navigating Rebellion. They're just simple uh, little tools. It, they're, they're, uh, th they jog your brain and, and help you um, mm -hmm. with more yeah. resources of how to think through and maneuver through. Here's one preparing your child for adolescence or prodigal kids. How come I ended up with prodigal kids, a difficult teen, and adolescence? I'm trying to tell you something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You, my, my kids put these in your hands. They did, they? they did, yeah, on the way in. Um, we also have these little things called idea cards. And what Mike uh, was sharing earlier is there's, we, we're having an idea card for each one of the core values. We have one here for loving the family. And we have it 
kind of arranged where discover uh, together so you can read some Bible passages and there's some questions, and then, and then you discuss it together, and then how do we do it? What, what does that even look like to apply what we're learning together? And uh, this QR code here in the back, um, just it, there's more interactive opportunities, uh, fun games for, for uh, you to play with your kids on uh, with, with a purpose of uh, teachable moments and things like that. And you could grab these on the way out. There's right there on the stand on the way out. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's the idea of just resources of how can I make it easy for me to be intentional. Um, the, the other uh, idea is how can we make it more likely that, we're that we can um, help one another be intentional. And, and that is when we do our focuses. You know, uh, we've done a number of focuses. Uh, uh, the one we did, you know, right when COVID hit, I'll see if anybody can remember when, what we were doing, and we actually didn't finish the last couple weeks of it, but it was on... Christopher Yuan, sick yeah, and spoke. Yeah, sexuality and identity was the focus. And all of, that, all of those resources from that focus are on our website. Um, we did one um, on Thrive and how important it is, uh, the, the Word of God in, in families and in, in our lives. Uh, the, the digital age. Yes, technology and the family, and, and how do I... How do I shepherd our kids with, with phones and iPads and things like that? Practical stuff, and it's all on the website. Yes. And, and so these focuses help us kind of, um, all of us kind of say, okay, what, 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 what's going on in our culture and how can we um, uh, focus on this as, as a church and help, and help families? One that's coming up that we're going to be doing when um, we start the book of Acts is we're going to do one um, in 2023 on, on evangelism will be our next focus. And so uh, as a church family, focusing on, on what does it look like to share the gospel with our family and friends. And so uh, just it's, it's this idea of be, how can I become more and more intentional in, um, in, in the, the discipleship of, of my family. And, uh, and then the third thing is we, we have this thing that's called give them a path. And that is uh, faith path. And there are... Um, uh, these, these packets of discipleship packets that you can uh, sign up either out there in the home center or online, and when your child turns a certain age, um, you'll get an email, and it'll say, come and pick up your faith pack, your faith packet, uh, faith path packet, say that really fast with me, um, and, uh, and it's just different little things that, you know, age appropriate, like, well, how, what do I, how can I talk to my son or my daughter about what it means to for, for sexual purity? What, how can I talk to my son or my daughter about the gospel or the importance of baptism or how to read um, the Bible? The, the very last one is how do, how do we have a healthy launch as our kids are uh, launching in, into the world? And so Faith Path is something that we have for parents to sign up and uh, receive that um, and, and you can pick them up when your kids and, turn certain ages. And when, and when that baby is born, mm -hmm. go ahead and sign up. Yep. And then over the next 18 years, yep. we'll walk with you uh, through that uh, yeah. faith path. 13 different stones or things that, um, w with ideas for discipleship. Hopefully, one of the things we wanted to do this morning is just, is just raise the concern again. Sometimes we just need a kick in the pants <laughs> to say this, as if we need to be reminded about how what a crazy world our kids are, are growing up in. But to raise the value and the bar, um, let's, let's, let's do that. Let's just be more intentional as parents, as grandparents, aunts and uncles, older siblings, and even the church body, the body of Christ. Uh, you know, we can fail at home, um, on and off at times, and, but you know, the body of Christ, they, they, I, I, it was just, it's just been a blessing for us to have our kids raised in the context of a local church and have godly men and women um, 
love on them, and, and, and there's the, the many examples of godliness here in the body of Christ. Um, so that's another thing we could talk about. We're out of time, but just the, the importance of being a, a part of the body of Christ um, and raising our kids within that context of the body of Christ. Uh, so we, hopefully we've raised that, that concern as well as shared that there are resources and there's, there's things that we can, will do and help you uh, with, um, and we want you to take advantage of that. Um, the bottom line, though, too, is that unless the Lord builds a house, we labor in vain who build it. And when it's all said and done, we have to go before the throne of grace, and we beg the Lord that he will input into the lives of our children his truth. So as we close, John, why don't you yeah. close us in prayer? Right. Father, I want to thank you so much for this conversation that, that we have been able to have. And Father, thank you for um, the good news of Jesus Christ, uh, that there is great hope, that the power of the gospel um, changes lives. Thank you so much for your great and amazing love for us. Uh, Father, we praise you. We bless your name. And um, thank you for each person here. Thank you for each family that is represented. Lord, I pray that you would stir within our hearts, um, Lord, just a desire to, to be intentional in the discipling of our families. Uh, Lord, we, we can't do it without you. Apart from you, we can do nothing, Lord Jesus. And so I pray that you would work in our hearts, giving, giving us motivation, giving us grace, that you would work through us by your power and grace, um, that we would um, see the next generation walking with you, loving you, and, uh, and then telling the next generation so that those yet to be born would be impacted um, and, and know you and, uh, and love you and praise you. On and on and on we pray, um, only in your power and for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen.